but particularly for sales, a performance role. I'm looking for somebody not necessarily that's already skilled or has a lot of experience or you know has a long resume. I'm typically looking for people that are hungry to prove something to themselves or to other people. And bullet point number two, the heavy thing that I look for is somebody that's willing to give up something fairly significant. Welcome to the Accredited Investor Podcast, where you'll learn from the world's most successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, innovators, industry titans in commercial real estate, business, marketing, sales, tech, blockchain, crypto, and emerging trends. I'm your host, Jonathan Tuttle, founder of a private equity firm focused on acquisitions of niche commercial real estate along with traditional businesses. Also, I founded a digital growth consulting agency for business owners, helping them with digital marketing, Web3, and crypto solutions. Hey guys, welcome back to the Credit Investor Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Jordan Stupar from Stupar Sales Academy and a bunch of other businesses. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. The guys, if you guys didn't know, we did our first recording with another software <laughs> and it went choppy a little bit, but this time we've got it handled with Zoom. So first, just tell me about your background a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I uh, live, eat, breathe, and sleep all things sales. Um, I have a, a company called Stupar Enterprises that ultimately has Stupar Sales Academy. That's our, our number one, uh, I guess, uh, moneymaker, if you will, from a revenue standpoint, but also the place where I spend about 95% of my uh, my time uh, with my employees and such is, is helping individuals, small, medium, and also large businesses uh, implement more sales stuff. And really, that comes from my background. I've been in sales now for nearly two decades, probably 19 years or so. Um, I'll always call myself a salesperson, no matter what my role or title says. And ultimately, you know, started off going door to door, uh, did that for about eight years. And then after cutting my teeth and learning a lot of invaluable lessons, being door to door, uh, went and moved to inside sales, where I've pretty much remained uh, for the last, I don't know, 12, 13 or so years. And then of course, obviously, uh, becoming a, a good salesperson, I feel is probably a good starting point to become an entrepreneur, uh, if you're going to have any chance of selling your own products and services. Uh, so of course, now as a, as a business owner, um, this is my fourth business that I've uh, started. And uh, ultimately, really, in lo- really enjoy talking about sales, marketing and, and business. Yeah, incredible, incredible. So getting started in sales, what was your, um, what's your first story about how you started at Miami? We talked about this last time. I think it's a pretty fascinating story. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was probably about 2013, maybe the tail end of that year. Um, I moved from New York City down to Miami um, and took an inside sales uh, job working with who a lot of people know, a popular guy named Grant Cardone. Um, ended up just kind of had never really read any of his books and didn't really know what I was doing. I just felt like I'm going to take this opportunity, cross my fingers and, you know, just point to the fences and and take a swing. Uh, And that's exactly what I did and uh, ended up moving down to Miami. Uh, I was probably about 25 at the time and, um, you know, moved into a cheap $800 a month apartment in the middle of the Miami ghetto, ended up commuting into work on the beach and uh, learned uh, learned what I was selling, ended up making a lot of phone calls, ended up uh, sacrificing a lot of things to... uh, attain sales success and earn money. 
I ended up uh, doing that for for several years, three and a half years uh, before actually resigning and uh, starting my own businesses. But I think that's the that's the pickup story for a lot of people. That's kind of where the Jordan Stupar story really begins for a lot of folks uh, is being in that high visible sales position. Uh, and being the top sales producer there, that's where obviously most people uh, generate their questions and curiosity about who's Jordan Stupar and where did he come from? Yeah, nice, nice. So what do you, you said you have a couple of businesses. I know, can you tell us a little more about the couple of businesses you have currently? Yeah, so I currently have obviously Stupar Enterprises and I really count it as multiple companies because within it, I have Stupar Sales Academy, obviously to help uh, other people increase sales. It's more of a consulting and training company. Then beside that, the next logical step for me with where I'm pushing video on social media, where I'm pushing video on training, where I'm pushing video on a lot of stuff is I started my own video editing company called Stupar Media Group, uh, which is uh, tailored towards businesses, individuals, and brands that ultimately end up having the same bottleneck I had. Uh, I learned how to edit all my own videos. And of course, the more videos I ended up doing, the more time consuming it became uh, to the point where I needed to outsource it. And I figured if I can solve a problem for myself and create a video uh, team here, I could also probably bring in and scale the video editing and also allow businesses and personal brands to send their raw footage or content over to us and allow us to format it, chop it up, edit it, and ultimately uh, allow them to to publish it. And um, I don't own the company anymore. However, I, uh, in 2018, started my own technology and SaaS company, uh, built a CRM for about two and a half years. I think I ran that company, scaled it uh, a little bit, and ultimately ended up selling that to a private equity company uh, in February of 2020. So not terribly long ago, I was able to profitably exit my own uh, SaaS company as well. Yeah, I think I remember seeing you posting that a couple of years ago. That yeah, cool. that's a fun industry to be in. Oh, private equity? SaaS and starting a CRM company. That's a that's a red ocean if you've ever wanted to swim around in one of those. <laughs> yeah, because you have like a lot of those big companies that have oh. all the client base already. Yep. Yeah, it's nuts. And then I saw recently you just acquired your first uh, real estate investment property as well. Congrats on that. Yes, I did. I appreciate that. Uh, the wife and I have been uh, you know, making money, living below our means and saving up for the opportunity to do that. And so uh, I guess I can go into LinkedIn now and, and, and add to my profile that I'm now a multifamily real estate investor. Yeah. You know, you see people with their profiles, like 20 different titles. <laughs> yeah. Philanthropist, cryptocurrency millionaire, real estate investor. Yeah. It's just nuts. Yeah. When I see that on those uh, Instagram bios, when they have like 15 titles and then they, I know they're going to try to say, Hey, try to sell you something. The first second they send a message to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see you do this. Do you want my program? Yeah. It's you like know. Inspector Gadget with the trench coat showing up at your door <laughs> being like, you want cable and internet? You want an alarm system? Yeah. You need a new roof? Get out yeah. of here with all that. That's hilarious. No, but congrats on that. Appreciate um, it. So you talk about your businesses. What do you think makes a good hire or employee? Because you've, you've got so many different business ventures you've worked in. What do you what have you experienced? What do you think would be some good tips for people? So I will not say that I am the uh, the expert in hiring in general. I still have quite a bit to learn about hiring for accounting and HR and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but when it comes to sales or customer-facing employees, um, I, I can I can I can flex a little a little expertise in that area because of course I've been in sales for a very long time so I've been through a lot of interviews been through a lot of onboardings and of course as a business owner now I've had an opportunity to hire interview and 
fire and train and work with lots of salespeople as well. And, uh, you know, the thing that I look for in a, uh, a success-oriented person looking to be a customer-facing employee, like a salesperson, customer service type of person, uh, but particularly for sales, a performance role. I'm looking for somebody not necessarily that's already skilled or has a lot of experience or you know has a long resume. I'm typically looking for people that are hungry to prove something to themselves or to other people. And bullet point number two, the heavy thing that I look for is somebody that's willing to give up something fairly significant. And what I mean by that is uh, out of the four employees that I have now that are on the sales staff, uh, only one of them is located originally here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. One person traveled from Colorado to live here full time. Another person moved countries from Toronto uh, to Milwaukee. And I have a new rep starting this weekend moving from New York City, coming here as well. And one of the reasons why I really enjoy that uh, from a I want to hire you standpoint is these people are giving up, you know, the location that they're in, their comfort zone, oftentimes friends and family. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into just moving places. And I understand that people that are willing to give something up that's pretty significant, like their location, so on and so forth, there ends up becoming this massive gap in where they're at and they have to fill it with something. And usually it ends up becoming the desire to succeed in the role or the position uh, or the performance-based role that they're they're entering. So uh, because they're ending up giving up something significant, it's only worthwhile then to move and experience the level of success that they're really looking for. Um, and it also demonstrates that they are willing to give up something substantial for an opportunity to have success. And so, you know, those people automatically come out the box, <laughs> you know, uncomfortable, willing to put in uh, that extra level of work and uh, and discipline in order to achieve their goals as well as my goals. So that's something that I'm always looking for and, and something that for most people is a challenge for them to hire because they're always looking in their own backyard. They're looking for people that have experience or a track record or a long resume when really all you have to do is look for somebody that's hungry and looking for somebody that is uh, willing to give up something significant in their own personal life in the pursuit of maximizing uh, an opportunity that's in front of them. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Showing that commitment, putting some skin in the game. If they're willing to put some things that mean a lot to them to the side, that means they're committing to you. Then it's not somebody that's going to hire then a week later says, oh, this isn't for me. Exactly. They're all in. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, those are some great, great points there. What are some best practices in sales that you've, you know, some best tips you have for people out there? You know, best practices, uh, you know, as a sales trainer, coach, whatever, I don't really like any of those titles, but uh, as a person that helps develop other people's skill, the, the number one best practice is to, you know, find some, some at least semi quality information out there. I don't care if it's YouTube, maybe you want to stop by my products. I'm not sure, but find something that you can hold on to some type of piece of information. And then once you like find it is like, use it, you know, like go talk to another customer. And instead of kind of settling back to what you're used to saying or how you're used to saying it, implement, take that thing that you learned. Maybe I should try it this way and actually use it in a real interaction with a customer so that one, you can use it. And two, you can start to duplicate it over and over again and figure out exactly how it applies to what you're doing. Obviously, that's kind of the expensive way of learning and applying what you learn. Obviously, 
I think bullet point number two to answer your question is actually train. And I don't mean just like watch a video. That's not training. I could watch a hundred hours of Jimi Hendrix playing guitar solos, pick up my guitar and literally be probably worse off <laughs> than had I not watched a hundred hours worth of Jimi Hendrix. The whole point is, is watch Jimi Hendrix, then play like Jimi Hendrix. And obviously, you know, train, drill, role play, uh, rep things out and actually practice. And I think bullet point number three is work a whole hell of a lot harder than than you are. Uh, most salespeople, 98% of them, I would say, are completely underutilizing the time that they have throughout the day to get things done. Don't think that they're making enough phone calls. I don't think that they're talking, racking up enough talk time, quality interactions. And I don't think that they're really, uh, you know, taking the level of activity uh, that they would need to, to experience significantly more success than what that additional level of activity requires. So I think those would be my three main bullet points. Yeah, no, I think you recently had a post on this. If you showed a comparison, like the bare minimum phone calls per day, and then if you did X amount more phone calls per day, and I think it was like two and a half or three times the revenue, just doing, you're doing the exact same thing, just putting that extra effort in. Yep. And yeah, then also, yeah. yeah, and I recently saw like what you alluded to too, is like, it, there's about 40, they say about 40% of the average workday from employees is wasted. They just can't, they go on social media, they're on Instagram, like, hey, I made a couple of five calls, let me go, you know, then five minutes on Instagram ends up being 15 minutes because then you're on two other apps after it. Exactly. So yeah, those are great points, great bullet points. Yeah, totally could relate to all that because <laughs> we see it all the time. What's one of the most challenging sales you've ever had and how'd you overcome it? One of the most challenging sales I've ever had was the Fortune 50 company that is no longer in existence, uh, Sprint Wireless. I ended up landing a seven-figure contract with them. And it wasn't difficult as far as negotiating it and you know getting beat up on price or whatever, because it took two and a half years. That was really the, the tricky part is I was a com fully commissioned salesperson. So if I don't get that deal, then it's just wasted time. And so two and a half years of bending over backwards and actively pursuing avenues where I could provide you know, individual salespeople to store managers, to the district manager, all the way up the, the food chain uh, with value. And that was something that one, you know, obviously was a lot of work without getting paid for any of it, without any guarantee of getting paid for it, but really being able to identify all the different roles up that chain of command, if you will, and being able to identify what the problems were at each level from a sales perspective on how those employees and how those sales agents, both in retail, both in B2B, SMB, indirect channels, how all those people could ultimately become more efficient and more effective at what they do. Everybody, for the most part, has the similar problem, but it's the way that that problem manifests itself within those different roles that end up becoming the real conversation. So two and a half years, that was tricky. But the way that I really overcome that was one, by believing that I could get the deal done and two, acting like it. <laughs> actually being involved and caring enough about those individuals uh, at those different levels and having those meaningful conversations that allow me to uncover and identify what those little problems were and then being able to provide them with, with a solution. That was definitely uh, the way that I was able to get that deal. Yeah, I think there's some golden nuggets there if your people dive into that. It's being patient, it's following up while providing value. So it's not some salespeople, they wanted your calls, but this was over two and a half years. So you're adding value, following up, 
solving problems, building trust over time instead of just making one or two calls, scratching them off, never, you know, ignoring them, not falling back. Hey, can I help you? This is what we've done for somebody else. Here's a case study. I think this could help you. Stuff like that will build trust. And some of those people are going to come back around. So your time becomes more, you know, increases in value because you're going to get some of those deals that you overlook. Most people overlook. A lot of salespeople overlook those. So that's some great points there. People really dive into that. And I love one of your point, uh, posts on Instagram. So you talk about taking action to become a hero. Can you give us a little background on what that means? Taking action and being a hero. Well, I believe I remember exactly uh, the post or the conversation I was having with one of the guests on my podcast. And uh, we were, I think, role playing uh, some instance where, you know, somebody needed to talk to their spouse before making a decision or, and such. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my, my wife, 99% of the time, you know, she's totally fine with me being autonomous and making decisions on our behalf uh, because I'm a fairly intelligent person and, you know, I'm not, I'm not making stupid <laughs> decisions on a daily basis. And there's that level of trust. But when things need to get done, do I really necessarily want to drag somebody else into this that's going to have their own list of considerations and concerns and things? Or should I maybe just vote to say, you know, I'm going to get this done? win, lose, or draw. I'm going to take responsibility for getting this done. Hopefully I did my due diligence and, and I'm making an intelligent decision. And it allows me to go home and say, hey, it's done. I got it handled. It's paid for. The agreement is whatever. It allows me to be the hero and say, I got it done. We don't need to talk about this anymore. We don't need to shop around for this anymore. Like the, the problem is solved. And I think that a lot of us want to run things by our mom and dad or our spouse or our business partner, when really nobody really knows better than, than we do in that moment. Nobody really has more information than we do in that moment. And sometimes it's best to just say, hey, I'm going to be a hero. And look, heroes make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I'm totally comfortable making a mistake, going home to my wife and said, hey, I blew it. This investment didn't work out, or this wasn't the best contractor to hire to do this, that, the other thing. I'm totally fine with owning my shit. It's just a matter of me sometimes being able to take responsibility for making the good decisions and some poor decisions and, and just getting it done. Because one thing that my relationship doesn't need is more conversation about the problem. We need more conversations about solutions. And that's the type of conversation I want to go home to. Yeah. So less stress, which yeah. all this leads to a lot less stress. And less yeah, energy. exactly. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. Tell me about your Tuesday. What's your Tuesday philosophy? Tuesdays. That's always an interesting question. I get asked about that fairly frequently as I always promote that Tuesday is my favorite day of the week. Like, uh, like most, you know, people raised in uh, going through school and then you know, getting a job as a teenager and going into college, everything rotates around this Monday through Friday, you get the weekend, you know, you get summer break, you get vacation time, you get holidays. And for some reason or another, obviously, you know, we're, uh, we're indoctrinated as kids to kind of follow this schedule where Friday's the last day of school. There's no school on Saturday. Woo-hoo. I get to play with friends. I get to sleep in. Mom and dad don't have to nag me about homework. I'm free. I'm free to relax and hang out. And then, of course, you know, that same mentality begins manifesting itself, especially when you get a job. <laughs> you don't like your manager. Your boss is a lunatic. Uh, you just got into a fight with your girlfriend, but now it's Monday and you're like, damn it, I got to show up to work. I hate this. And you end up living for the weekends and, you know, you end up living for holidays and, you know, Memorial Day. So you can have a Monday off. And it's like we all kind of fall into this just mediocre average society of 
Thank God it's Friday. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was in that mentality, looking forward to Fridays. And, you know, I woke up, you know, on Monday one day and I was like, dude, why do I, I'm actually kind of excited to go and sell stuff and make money today. So, you know, I'm going to make Tuesday my favorite day of the week. And like, I really bought into that. And every single time I was like, man, you know, it's cool that it's Friday. I was like, damn it. It's not Monday night. You know, like Monday night is like, dude, that's my time. It's like tomorrow is Christmas day. And uh, when I started making that actual shift and I really started believing and behaving like Tuesday was my favorite day of the week, you know, I started moving some things around instead of doing leg day on Tuesdays, which I'll never love. (laughs) I don't think anybody does. That's why everybody misses it. I started making Tuesdays like, dude, it's going to be arm day. Like we're getting huge on Tuesdays. These are my favorite exercises. On Tuesdays, I'm going to celebrate going into the office and getting work done. On Tuesdays, I'm going to get the most deals and make the most money on Tuesdays. And I'm going to I'm going to go out for dinner on Tuesday nights because it's Tuesday and it's my favorite day of the week and I'm going to celebrate that. And after almost immediately literally started getting deals on Tuesdays, literally started enjoying going to the gym and doing arm day on Tuesdays, legitimately just ended up celebrating Tuesdays to the point that all 50 employees in the company that I worked at every single morning meeting, regardless of what day it is, they ended every single meeting saying, what day is it? And then all 50 employees would say Tuesday, regardless of what day it was. And that was just something stupid that I I decided to create for myself that ended up really impacting an entire company that I worked for. And uh, obviously has made an impact on the company that I founded uh, to this day. So Tuesdays, man, take it or leave it. It's the best day of the week. I love it. I love it. And it's that mind shift and you just kind of, you know, you're putting that energy out there. So I think that when you said you're getting more deals, people are probably like, wow, this guy's super excited. He must be having so much things going on, but they don't know that's your secret little technique. It's it's ninja. And, you know, it's, it's also a good, you know, little conversation starter. People are like, wait a second, Tuesday, like why? It's like, you give them the little mini version of what I just gave you. And people are like, damn, dude, that's kind of a cool perspective, man. I should do something like that. Except yeah. it's not going to be Tuesday. I'm going to make it, you know, Wednesday or it's like, fine. <laughs> you know, like, you know, anything but Friday. Yeah, exactly. What are some of your upcoming goals? I know you just got that first investment property for your business, for investment. What are some of your goals you're looking forward to? So, you know, I, I have a, a pretty tall revenue goal for a very small employee group company here. I want to do uh, $5 million of revenue this year. That would be a, a, a dramatic uh, growth from last year where we did, I think, just over our first million. I definitely would like to add another 10 doors as far as investment properties go. And uh, ultimately, another little personal goal is, I don't know why I think this is possible based on the fact that I've never competed in anything like this in my life, but um, I want to uh, be in the top three finishes or podium finishes or whatever on one of those little Spartan races. So uh, in, in October, I'll be doing the, the 10K Spartan race, you know, jumping through fire or mud or whatever. And uh, I want to finish top three. Uh, I think that's a pretty big physical goal uh, as well as mental in that regard as well. So I'm, I'm excited to, to try that out as well. Yeah, I think that's out of Chicago. Don't quote me on it. It's one of those like extreme challenge races because I saw them on Shark Tank and I'm like, wait, that building's like two blocks away from me. Yeah. No, they have them literally all over the world. Yeah, yeah. But I think the the headquarters, I think, is out of Chicago. Got it. I wouldn't know, but I wouldn't. I think so. Don't quote me on that, people. It's one of those major, you know, extreme events like that. But I think it's smart. When you're just yeah, and what's your and what's do you have any other long term goals with the business? Are you kind of 
long-term looking to roll up and exit out, like you with the private equity to the your former SaaS company? Is that what are some of the other long-term goals? I think that will be a conversation I'll have with myself well on down the road. I think that I've really found what I love to do, at least right now. I don't really have any real long-term plans of, you know, rolling this up and, you know, uh, selling the company and walking away. Um, this is something I could see myself doing for a very long time as uh, the business landscape changes and people are trying to adjust to certain technologies and sales models, but really kind of some long-term, I would absolutely love to impact 1 million sales professionals, whether that's individually, whether that's part of businesses, so on and so forth. That's kind of one of my uh, big goals is to to transact and provide value to a million uh, people. And uh, ultimately, my my biggest goal is to have impacted a thousand people and be one of the ways, or I suppose, be responsible in some way or some capacity for helping 1,000 people become millionaires. That's one of my big, big, big goals, because I know if I can do that, I don't have to worry about my own income goals. Those things will get handled by themselves. Exactly. And sales is one of the best, if not besides real estate, the two best things to get that. Absolutely. Sales, you can do it right away. You don't have to have capital. You can just take on a position or you get commissions. Absolutely. I see a bunch of those books behind there. What are some of your favorite books? I think my absolute hands down favorite book of all time is Unscripted, The Pursuit of Life, Love, and uh, Entrepreneurship by my favorite author, MJ DeMarco. That is a, that's a big book, but it is casual. It's not hard to read. It's not like Dr. Jordan Peterson, hard to read or anything like that. Uh, But definitely my favorite book, I would say... I'm pretty much a huge fan of anything Robert Greene, Mastery, War, 48 Laws of Power, 50th Law, so on and so forth. I've got some new books on taxes that I hate, but they are paying dividends because I'm learning a couple things. And another, I think, cheat code, a cheat code author that I feel uh, doesn't get enough credit in the business or entrepreneurship world is going to be anything by Dan Sullivan. Oh, I love Dan. I love Dan. There you go. Yeah. You're, you're one of the people that are like, Oh dude. Yeah. I know his stuff. I'm a huge fan of Dan Sullivan. Uh, He breaks some very complex business uh, elements down to dude. I feel really stupid. I didn't already know that. Yeah. The no BS. Well, all of us are no BS, but, and he has the copywriting books, but the no BS guide to, I think entrepreneurship or business. Yep. It's like literally it's like ruthless, but it's like, it's not cookie cutter. It's telling you how it is. Like this guy did this. And he tells like all these crazy stories and how he overcame it and what to look out for and what kind of science. And it's like, he's such an old school guy now, like Russell Brunson bought his like brand up recently, but like before he kind of announced that he was basically copying his playbook and he built that billion dollar, you know, SaaS software from that platform. So yep. yeah, Dan Kennedy is huge. I love all this stuff. I remember seeing his ads like probably four or five years ago. By the time I saw you, you see your ads too, by the way, <laughs> on Facebook. And he was his, but his were like filmed in like his old, like speaking in front of like in hotel, like conferences. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, you know, this special mustache. I'm like, I just kind of ignored the first like five times I saw it. Then I'm like, actually clicked on. I'm like, oh, this stuff's really good. So yep. yeah, got Dan Kennedy. Who are some of your favorite entrepreneurs while we're on that same topic? Um, I think in that regard, I think Dan Sullivan obviously built a, an incredible uh, coaching business that obviously I really respect and admire. So appreciate and respect him as an entrepreneur. I appreciate and respect, I mean, the, the Mac daddy of all entrepreneurs, Elon Musk. You know, it's as cliche as it can be, but 
I mean, just looking at what that guy's been able to accomplish and the and the 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 dumbfounded decisions that he makes of 26 million for PayPal, starts two companies and then doesn't have enough money to rent an apartment, just stuff like that is bonkers. Obviously, I think you can gain a wealth of not even really motivation, but just uh, any insights from Jeff Bezos, obviously another one of those just uh, banner entrepreneurs, obviously cliche as hell, but another guy that if you dig enough, you can really actually find some very nice gold. If you don't like digging at all, of course, one of our all-time will blanket you with content entrepreneurs is Gary V. I don't agree with 100% of what he kind of likes to talk about, but if you do have an opportunity to get any one-on-one with him and have a good hundred thousand or million dollar question, Gary V will be a shoot straighter, a shoot sharp shooter all the way through. And uh, I think of all time business entrepreneurship kind of expert mentor person, I think I probably have to give uh, the crown to uh, Keith Cunningham. Nice. Why is that? Keith Cunningham. Uh, He's a, uh, a business coach uh, down in uh, Austin, Texas. He's read a, written a couple of books. One book I should include in my favorite books is The Road Less Stupid by, uh, yeah. by Keith Cunningham. Um, but again, if you ever have an opportunity to join one of his events or seminars or workshops, I've been to a couple. And every single time I walk away with just millions of dollars of, of value that I can go take action on. Oh, very cool. And Austin's a great like entrepreneur, you know. Nice tech. little hub. Yeah. It's I was just out there for a business conference like about two months ago. It was pretty cool. Solid. So I'll have to look out for that guy. Do you have any questions for me? This is what the segment where I say you want to ask me any questions. Well, you know, I think uh why don't you give us your 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 top three? And this is what I'm asking everybody these days. So <laughs> I, I'm happy to ask it to you. What are your top three plays? Like if you had a playbook for plays you need to run in 2022, what would you say are your uh, your top three plays that you're kind of running and would suggest or encourage other people to run here in 2022 to be the most successful versions of themselves? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, so yeah, I have, well, I have the my mobile home park fund and we're doing a syndication. So I like affordable housing because- even with the $15 an hour, there's still 60 million Americans that need affordable housing. So even class C apartments, the gap, you know, the average house has gone up to over 300 and some thousand dollars. And so the affordable housing demands all time high and it's, you can't really develop new ones, especially in the mobile home park side. So I love the whole mobile home, mobile home parks. Uh, I also like rolling up traditional mom and pop businesses that aren't using technology. So like HVAC plumbing, where a lot of these guys half of them don't even have websites. They don't use have sales reps that even it's like some lady that answers phone calls, but they don't even have good sales reps that actually book calls when they and they don't even have an internet marketing or digital marketing. So you roll up these, you know, HVAC and plumbing. And the cool thing is if you roll up a two or three, the government has the SBA program where you only have they basically provide 90% of the you just put down 10%. And because there's a shortage of like uh people that want to go to those trade jobs, even though they make good income. But if you roll them up and the fastest way to grow is to acquire instead of build. And so if you roll up two or three, we say if you bought them, an average HVAC does, or plumbing does one and a half million, and you're only putting down 150, $200,000 down, which is crazy, put together three of them and scale them with digital and sales, stuff that we do, You once it's 10 million or $2 million EBITDA, now you can sell it to private equity for a seven, 10X multiple. So you bought it with 90% leverage, 
backed by the government, use your skill sets. These guys don't even want to use Facebook. They don't want to, you know, put up a website. They don't want to hire sales or teach their people sales. It's an easy industry to kind of gain market share. And a lot of people, the kids, everyone wants that e-com store, but that's the easy runs. So, you know, the things that people kind of ignore, like, you know, mobile home parks, you know, HVAC. You got a question? Yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to have you reiterate HVAC. Yep, HVAC. So H heating, ventilation, air conditioning, yep. plumbing. And then also third is what I'm doing this year is I'm doing equity. I'm doing consulting, like kind of what you do for sales. I'm doing high level consulting. So I teach people both either real estate or for acquisition and or building a portfolio. And then I also teach people how to kind of use digital marketing instead of doing the retainer, you know, the traditional digital market retainer. I did an info course slash hybrid where I set up their ads. And what I'm doing now is I'm saying, hey, if you like this, if you're looking, I'm looking for businesses that are looking to open multiple locations and I'm going to get like a percentage of gross revenue and or equity. And so instead of just taking a retainer fee, now that I've got more skin in the game, I've proven the concept with the initial consulting, proven that they, they feel comfortable with me. And now I say, hey, let's see if you want to open multiple locations, let's use some of these skill sets. So it's kind of a way to get a bigger piece of the pie and leverage my skill sets and being all industries that are do well during any economic downturn. So like we know with everything being boom, busts, or every, every cycle after every boom that goes to a bust. And we've had such a long bull run. Those are some industries I know that do really well during downturns. So those are kind of my focal points going forward in the next couple of years. Smart. I might have to chat with you about that HVAC idea that it makes total sense just on, on thought, on paper, that, that makes sense. So I might have to hit you up about that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's uh, I'm also giving away a scholarship. So one of the ways I'm trying to get a way in is I'm donating every person on the digital consulting side, I'm donating towards a scholarship. So that gets my name out there. I get in all the, the blogs, publications, plus I'm giving back to community. Oh, by the way, if you're looking to sell, I'm just the one that's, you know, brought, paid for that new rep that, you know, that tech that came into your business. So I get that, you know, goodwill and first access to deal flow. So it's kind of a cool way to help and also get access to deal flow. Smart. Awesome. And then where, where can people find you? So I know you have, I know you didn't mention this, you have, as you said, you want to help as a thousand people become millionaires. I want a thousand people to be millionaires. Which is awesome. And you have like a free on your Instagram, you click on it, you have a free guide. Is that kind of like the initial start to that or what's the? Yeah, a little bit. You know, if you're looking for any information regarding uh, me, you know, one of the best places going to be to go is either stuparsalesacademy.com or for more my personal brand, jordanstupar.com. If you're on social media, you can find me just about everywhere at Jordan Stupar. And you can always message me. I respond to everything myself and I try to do it as quick as possible. And so that's uh all the places where you can find me, information about what I do. I mean, honestly, if you're in sales, you're in business, you're thinking about starting a business. Uh, I love having those conversations with people. Uh, a lot of what I do is completely free. And again, my goal is to help you become a millionaire. Yeah, I love it. And he does actually respond to people. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you've blown, I think you've added like 30,000 followers in like the last month or two. It's been like crazy. Yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, I, I will say on, on air, you know, I ended up having to buy a couple of those main reason is I'm working with another marketing company because I've had thousands of fake Jordan Stupar profiles. I do. I've seen I, some of them follow me actually. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying, really, I'm trying, like, one, of, one of the packages parts is increasing the following large enough to in, increase my chances of getting get that blue stupid check. blue check so that I stop getting messages from girls and boys that are like, Hey man, you scammed me out of five grand on crypto. And it's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> that was the other profile. So I'm just so trying crazy. to end that war once once and for all. 
Yeah, I just had another guest, uh, Brad Blazer. He's a big speaker and uh, author, podcaster. He raised like $2 billion. He's teaching people how to raise money. And he had the same thing. He's literally getting like, yeah, like, you have like multiple accounts. He's like, nope, this is the real one. So it's like, once you sit at a certain point, which means you're making it, you're made it, then you now have multiple <laughs> accounts of people that are trying to emulate you. So it's ridiculous. It's good and bad, but it's good if you follow him. Bad are the people that use that to their advantage. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being on the Accredited Investor Podcast. And thanks for providing such great nuggets. Great awesome, tips. man. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, it's Jonathan. I get exclusive access to great investment deals, opportunities from my community, my network, and just for my loyal listeners. We'll give you first access. Go to AccreditedInvestorPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. Also, join the Accredited Investor Podcast Patreon group where we give you additional exclusive interviews, monthly private group calls, and networking with others in this community. Check out Accredited Investor Podcast on Patreon. Finally, I get a lot of people asking me to help them one-on-one. Yes, I can, but it's very limited. Go to RevenueAscend.com slash consulting for any real estate investing exclusive access. Go to MidwestParkCapital.com. All links are included below. Please like, comment, and share this podcast with other friends. Thanks for listening.